Bishop Sycamore told us they had a number of Division I prospects on their roster, to be frank, a lot of that we could not verify. And Correct. they did not show up in our database. They did not show up in the databases of other recruiting services. So it's okay. If that's what you're telling us, fine. That's how we take it in. From what we've seen so far, this is not a fair fight. And, and there's got to be a point now, Luke, where you do worry about health and safety. I already am worried about it. I, I think it's um, this is this could potentially be dangerous, given the circumstances and the mismatch that we have here. And, um, and 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 quite honestly, Bishop Sycamore doesn't have not only the frontline players, but they don't have the depth in case something were to happen to their roster with maybe a kid or two here throughout the remaining two and a half quarters of this football game. I Swiftly podcast. Welcome to the show. Great to have you. To my regular listeners, you already know what I'm about, what I'm about. Get right into the point. And I am recording this. I'm recording this just a few days after I watched, I watched in complete entirety. Watched it twice. All right. Watched it twice. I watched a documentary titled BS High. Bullshit High is what is implied. Actually, the actual name to the school is Bishop Sycamore High School. It's a it's a documentary, a very triggering documentary for me. I mean, all sorts of triggers and things were raised when I watched that documentary in full. I couldn't watch it just once. There were so many things in that documentary that has my mind spinning, and it's still spinning even as I'm recording this, all right? Because for those of you who have not seen the documentary, the documentary talks about it. It documents a situation, a very hard breaking situation for myself in particular, for me personally, seeing that it was a situation in which there was a, a basically a coach, a guy, the coach's name, I believe is Roy coach. Roy Johnson is pretty much the star of this documentary. And it, he created, I, I mean, it still kind of has me scratching my head as I'm thinking about it. He created a, fake high school all right he created a, a high school if i'm not mistaken he was telling kids that he has a high school a major high school that's gonna be a big time high school and he was bringing kids in from all over the country to create a high school that he named bishop sycamore high school and what happened was the kids the the team they, there's some kind of way this team that didn't have a facility this team in which they were bringing kids in and they were staying in hotel rooms all over the country and, and all that kind of stuff, you know, somehow this team didn't get discovered. It didn't get figured out 
until they didn't get figured out that they were a fake school, that they weren't a school. It didn't happen until they happened to play on ESPN against IMG Academy. All right. Like when they got, they went to, they got on ESPN for some way. Again, it's still mind boggling to me how that can happen, how you can make it to the national stage, how you can make it to the national stage and not have to provide some sort of roster, some sort of academic transcripts, some sort of like something, something in which proves that you're an actual fucking school. The fact that you could be playing on national TV is still, it's still mind boggling to me, especially myself, someone who's grown up in this game, someone who has learned the business, has learned my life, my life, my football taught me everything I need to know about life. And it was such a heartbreaking and disgusting thing to see somebody exploit not only kids, but exploit families the way it got portrayed on the documentary. All right. So today I'm going to talk to you guys a little bit about how stuff like this does go on. All right. This, this, I mean, listen, Roy Johnson, if that is it's coach Roy Johnson is one of many folks that do a lot of shady shit. And the thing I didn't like about the documentary, one thing I didn't like about the documentary is they portrayed him as kind of the fall guy. Now, granted, don't don't get me wrong when I say this. He's an asshole, all right? He is an asshole, and he is wrong, 1,000% wrong for everything that he did. And, and in my opinion, he deserves to be locked up. In my opinion, he deserves to be behind bars. There's no reason why that man, if especially how unapologetic and the lack of remorse that he showed in that documentary like he there's something in my in my opinion and this is just what i've gathered from the documentary there's something mentally not there with that guy there's something mentally because he's still in his own mind thinks that you know he did something positive for the kids when he did not he did not do anything positive for the kids all right now granted i get that he wanted to help the kids i get that he wanted to see the kids, you know, go to school. And he he was coming from the place of where he wanted to help the kids. And I understand that. Trust me, I've been down that road. I've been looked at as sort of this scam artist as, you know, as you guys, if you're a regular listener to my work, I tried starting up my own minor league team named the Ocean City Sharks myself and got looked at as a scam. But the one thing I never did and no player, not one player who's ever had anything negative to say about me in regards to that idea and that project that I was really all in about, not one player could ever say that I charged them or I took money from them. Never. That the whole point of me putting on the idea was so players do not have to pay money for trials. Those players do not have to pay money for tuition That and all those kinds of things. Everything that you're seeing going on with the NIL and the transfer portal and all those things, I had that vision, but from the semi-pro level, you know, to pay the players to play at a semi-pro level. I never, I never took money from the players. I never exploited them in that manner. That's something I never did. And now, granted, because I had that mindset, I ran into, I ran into a ton of the people who are like the Roy Johnsons of the world, who are one who just talk out of both sides of their mouth. On one end, you want to help the players. On one end, you want to help them get opportunities. On one end, Yes, you want to be this guy that is sort of the the liaison between them and a college coach or them and a major college program and all that. On one end, you say you want to help the kids, but in the same breath, now you're charging them money. That's the part that doesn't make fucking sense to me. That's the part for all you, and then this is, uh, I might be getting off topic when I say, but for all you people out there 
who talk about wanting to help the kids, wanting to help them get scholarships and get them into camp. And, you know, I'm going to introduce you to this coach and that coach. How is it that you want to help the kids, but you immediately are always taking money from the kids' families? You're always taking money. You're always charging them for trials, charging them for camps, charging them this, charging them that. Everything is a, is a money grab, right? Everything is a money grab from the same people that talk about how much they want to help kids get opportunities and all that bullshit. So the, the one thing that I can, that no critic, no person ever can say about me is that I went and I tried to, I tried to exploit the players by charging them something, charging them something that wasn't legitimate, charging them for something that was not legitimate. All right. There's no player out there that can say that about, as one crookshank and something that I've put my name behind. All right. That that's just the, that's just the fact. I was not on the level of a Roy Johnson where I'm charging them for something that is not a legitimate service. All right. A lot of legitimate service that's going to help them get to wherever it, wherever it is they're trying to go. All right. That, I'm just putting it out there now. Now, as far as, as far as my thoughts and some of these things that I believe need to happen in order for us to solve this problem. First of all, let, let me just talk to you a little bit about how deep this problem actually goes. Because one of the things that really did get mentioned in the documentary and what one of the heartbreaking things is the fact that there's absolutely nothing that anybody's doing to stop this madness. And there's nothing that individuals have done, whether the the governors or the, the lawmakers of the world, there's nothing that is actually being done to stop to stop someone from coming up with some fake high school and selling dreams to these kids. And and, and for talking specifically about the Bishop Sycamore situation, or I should start calling it the bullshit Sycamore situation, right? This was happening. This was happening. In fact, there was a there was a a guy, Tony Kennedy, Tony Kennedy, someone that I met when I lived in Maryland. He has a podcast named the TD Report, and he had the mother, Christy Ferguson. He had her on the on the T on his podcast, and I listened to that show. And I was listening to how Christy, Christy, who was portrayed as a teen mom in this documentary, she was talking about how this actually happened. They actually, you know, how did no one check transcripts? How did no how how could you possibly believe that this was a legitimate opportunity for your kid, right? And then she broke it down like this. She goes, look, this was around COVID. And everybody was going to a virtual education. Right? Everyone was going virtual. So it pretty much looked like it was legit. It was going to be all online. It was always going to be an all online school. And basically, they were going to go move to, they're going to be in Ohio, but the schooling was all going to be done online. And we were going to get credits. We were going to, you know, do all. So it was very, uh, it was very much believable to a parent because of what was going on in the world that, okay, someone could come up with some fake online thing, sell it to the parents, package it up, pretend that it was all legit and take the, this is, this is the kicker. This is the point. This is the part that was really heartbreaking. Take $12,000 in tuition money for a school or right for a school that didn't exist. The school in which they were getting no actual education in which I don't even know what they were doing throughout the day. But take twelve thousand dollars from fan. That that is the part that truly, truly is absolutely sickening to me. That you're taking twelve thousand dollars from families and you don't even have a 
legitimate school. You don't have an accredited institution. You don't have an accredited institution in which the kids are learning or are doing anything academically at all. That's the part that's like, are you like, damn, damn, that's wrong. So again, from the parents' perspective, understand how legitimate everything looked. It looked legitimate because during the time you would think that a powerhouse football program has the funds to make the on to make their education go completely online and all that kind of stuff. So it, well, I was very thankful that Tony Kennedy and Christy Ferguson and all that, they were able to come on a podcast and, and explain everything and how, you know, how everything actually did seem believable. Cause that was the, that was another part that I was really, really thrown off by. But anyway, when it comes to when it comes to how these things happen, how these things happen, the main reason, the main reason that a lot of these situations happen, and this isn't the only situation in which there were there are con artists, so to speak. There are people who own these semi-pro type organizations, these organizations that sell dreams to a lot of young kids who have nothing. All right, they have nothing, and, and when you're a person, when you're a young kid who has nothing, no, you know, real stable home life, no chance of doing anything outside of football. These are dreams that become very, very believable. And these are people that come into your life that are sell you a very believable dream. I'll give you, actually, I'll give you an example and something that I don't do in my own life, right? It was when I, when I was first graduate, I didn't graduate yet. This was the semester this was the the winter. This was winter break. Yeah, this was winter break going into my final semester of college. And I was set to graduate that spring. Right. And I knew I wanted to coach. I knew I wanted to coach at the professional level. I wanted to be an NFL coach. I wanted to start off as a scout, work my way up into a coaching position in the National Football League. That is what I wanted to do. I knew that that was my goal. That was my dream. That was the thing I wanted to do. Right. So. I linked arms with a nonprofit organization named Education Goals Opportunity Sports. The, the acronym is EGOs, Education Goals Opportunity Sports. And through that organization, I met another individual. His name is, I think his name was James or something like that. James, I think it was like Walt or James or something like that. I can't remember the names. This was so, this was so long ago and I was so wet behind the ears. And I was in many ways a lot like those kids that you saw if you watched the documentary those kids that you saw that was it was a believable thing right and just gullible and wanted to wanted to really pretty innocent and not knowing the ins and outs of the business all right so i was excited to just meet anybody that can offer me whatever opportunity that they have and, and i got i got introduced to a gentleman who told me about a semi pro semi pro team named the dc Falcons, all right, the DC Falcons, and the owner of this DC Falcons team was a guy, and I know I'm doing this on audio, but you can see the visual of me right now. I'm, I'm using air quotes with the guy's name. The owner of the DC Falcons was a guy named Pat Campbell. All right, I said Pat Campbell using air quotes because Pat Campbell was supposedly supposedly this is what happened all right uh, this is something i lived through and this is why i resonate so much with everything that i i had to witness or watch when it came to when it came to bs high all right pat campbell was supposedly a scout for the baltimore Ravens. 
All right. He was supposedly a scout for the Baltimore Ravens, and he's running this semi-pro team. He's running the semi-pro team that's supposed to be a feeder to the Baltimore Ravens. And, you know, it's going to help people get opportunities, whether it's people like myself that want to get an executive role or whether it's players that want to play. He was selling that dream, not only to the players, but to the young coaches like myself as well or even to the local high school coaches. I remember there was actually local high school football coaches that were coaching this D.C. Falcons team, right? That was believable stuff, right? Now, I I remember, I'll never forget getting, it was like a team meeting or something like that, or what was supposed to be a team meeting or something like that. And I remember getting there, it was one night, yeah, one night, because this was during winter break, so I know I had to get back to school for the next for you know a couple weeks, I only had a couple weeks of being actually in Maryland before I had to go back to Stony Brook in New York to to finish off my last spring semester, right? So I remember actually getting to some team meeting for the DC Falcons, and every well actually before I even get to that, let me tell you, let me tell you where things really started to go haywire, right? <laughs> things really got to confuse and why the BS high the BS high documentary was such a trigger, right? This happened. It was around the time this was. Yeah, January. So it was my birthday, right? This was had this happened around January eighth. All right, January eighth, around my birthday is on January eighth, and I remember actually my sister and her then boyfriend and my niece. My niece was born. Yeah, my niece was around at that time. My niece was just a little baby at that time, and I remember I was out with them, and they took me out to eat for my birthday. They took me to like a birthday dinner or whatever, and. I remember getting a call. Yeah, because that no, it was the day before my birthday, January seventh. Right, it's all coming back now. I remember, I remember getting a call from Pat Campbell. I remember getting a call from Pat Campbell, and <laughs> Pat Campbell calls me, and he, you know, he's he first he talked he uh he asked me about my the correct spelling to my name. You know, he's gonna get some T-shirts ordered for me and all that other shit. Just really making this shit look like it was a legitimate opportunity, right? So. He calls me. I'm on the phone with him, and he asks me where where I'm at, like where I'm currently located. And I just happened, I happened to be in an area in which wasn't too far from him. So he he told me to call him after I have dinner and meet him at a local giant or whatever. Just some really shady fucking shit. Let me just as shady as hell. But understand, I was a lot like these kids that we saw in BS High where everything is believable. You know, I'm, I'm one semester away from graduating college. I want to coach. This is the guy that got the connections. He's working with the Ravens. He's doing this with the semi-pro team. I'm out there. I was, at this point, I was already out there coaching, calling plays, you know, pretty much just in the business and feeling like this was a legitimate opportunity, right? So I drive out to this giant. I meet him in the middle of the night. This is late at night. And I tell him, uh, well, no, he comes in my car. Because he happened to be with one of the run, the star player of the team who was a running back. He just happened to be with him that night. He comes in the car and he goes, yeah, man, you know, I, uh, and this, this is how you talk. He goes, yeah, man. So what happened was the re- reason I needed to talk to you in private is because I actually, what happened is I left my card, I left my credit card somewhere and I just need about $5 to, to put in my gas tank to get home. Now, this is my, this is who this is my boss. At this point, I'm looking at him as if he is a kind of a boss or or a, a superior, somebody that can give me a legitimate opportunity. So I'm like, all right, look, all I had in my wallet at that time was actually $5. Give him the $5. He goes, okay, $5 is fine. And, you know, the whole thing just seemed completely 
just completely outrageous. It was really, really fucking weird. Just weird. Because I don't know what that $5 went to, and I didn't want to know. And all of a sudden, everything just really started to throw me off a little bit. And I had that same befuddled look that a lot of the parents had in that BS High documentary and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, we get to the team. The ne- that, was the la- that was the last I've ever heard of the guy. That was the last I've ever heard of that dude whose name was Pat Campbell. And then we get to a team meeting with the D.C. Falcons, and apparently he had pulled that whole running out of gas trick to everybody. He was a complete fraud. He was not who he said he was. He was, I mean, just a complete, I, I won't forget because the, uh, the, one of the coaches, one of the coaches who I had gotten to know while I was, you know, helping out with the DC Falcons, he looks at me, he goes, look, basically, man, dude wasn't who he said he was. Dude, and he said it just like, look, dude wasn't who the fuck he said he was. He's some con artist that's running away. He got cats owing him money. I mean, he's owing cats money. He's basically on the run. He's a lot like this guy, Roy Johnson, who was on BS High, or the, basically the way Roy Johnson was portrayed. I was thinking about the Pat Campbell throughout this entire situation, right? So again, I've lived through it, and I know it. I understand it. I understand how I understand how things happen, how things happen, and you want to believe certain things when you are that focused and you're that ambitious and you want to grind and you want to you want to achieve something so bad, like achieve something so just so bad you want it so bad that you would do anything. You would believe anything. You would believe anything to again get your dreams and let let see an opportunity to see this opportunity. You'll you'll just believe you'll be very gullible and believe whatever it is you have to believe and do whatever it is you have to do because you're willing to do the work. So understand that. All right. So here, what I want to talk to you guys today about is how we can, I'm reluctant to say how we can solve the problem because the, the problem at this point is actually unsolvable, all right, because there's, in some ways it's not a problem, right? It's not a problem to have ambition. It's not a problem to want to provide opportunities. It's not a problem for, you know, the game of football to create opportunities and things like that. It's not a problem that those things exist, all right? But what I want to, I do want to discuss with you guys is how we can slow this down and how we can prevent situations like this getting so bad. All right, because again, the problem is not unsolvable. Is 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 uh, the problem is unsolvable because in many ways, in the right situations, it's not a problem at all. Right, it's not a problem that a young man wants to go out play football and provide for his family it's not a problem that a coach quote unquote coach or a businessman wants to create opportunities for kids to be seen and you know exposure and things like that the issue just comes with the exploitation all right and that's where we can now take something take something that creates Again, take something that can create a problem and more so make it into what it was meant to be in the first place. And what the game of football was meant to be in the first place was not about you getting a scholarship. You didn't play the game to get that bag, right, to get that contract, to get that NIL deal. You didn't play the game to do these things. You played the game because it provided you some structure. You played the game because it taught you teamwork, how to work with people. You played the game because of the the fact that you are you are working with someone else to achieve a common goal. All right, you play the game for those reasons, for the foundation, for what you learn. You didn't play the game for individual personal accolades. That's not why you play the game. 
And the reason that these situations come up time and time again is because we've exploited the individual accolades. We have coaches now, high school coaches, who are all-star coaches, who are selling kids a dream war, who are painted as legitimate coaches who run around talking about, I can, I just talked to this school. I can get you a scholarship here. I know this one. I know that one. All that other bullshit that is just completely false. Okay, let me just, and I have to say this before I go any further. If you're a high school coach listening to me right now and you walk around saying, oh, I got this kid signed to this or I got this kid a scholarship, stop it. Shame on you. Fucking shame on you for even using that verbiage. You did not get the kid anyway. All right. Now, granted, you had the contacts. You knew the, the what the kid needed to do. You worked with the kid. You trained the kid. You did everything you needed to do. And I'll give you that. But at the end of the day, the scholarship was offered because what the kid put on film and the head coach of that university offered the kid because of what he or she saw on the film, not because they knew you or because there was some sort of liaison or because you you did anything special about you did anything special to get this kid seen. All right, granted, I'm not taking away from your efforts, not taking away from the fact that you love the kids and you want to see the kids successful. But when you use the verbiage of I got the kid here and I got the kid there, these are where these situations, these con men start to come in and these illegitimate, these these programs that are not legit, these bullshit ghetto semi-pro leagues and all this kind of stuff. This is where it comes when you feed this, when you start to feed this, I'm the one that got them X, Y, and Z. This is where a lot of problems come up is through the adults and the verbiage that you're using. All right. So the solution, again, the solution, the the solution to keep stuff like that, because, again, by the way, this is your first time listening. This is what I do on on this show. I, I tell you, I give you guys a clear problem. I explain to you guys a clear situation in which is a problem. And then I talk to you guys about the solution. All right. The solution Number one, the solution right here, I'm got to give it to you right now, is we've got to stop with all of the rankings of these high school players. We got to stop the exploitation of these high school players. All right. Got to stop ranking them. All right. Got to stop putting them on ES. Well, I, I'm for games beyond for high school games being played on ESPN, but I'm not for all of the exploitation, putting a five-star, four-star next to their name and, you know, this one's ranked number one. And this, No, fuck that. You want to put them on ESPN and you want to, the teams to play and compete on ESPN. I love that. That's great. But where it becomes a problem is when ESPN decides, oh, I'm going to start ranking them now. I'm going to start saying because even though they haven't competed against each other because – I feel like uh, this five-star is better than this three-star, this two-star, two-star. That's where it becomes a problem because now you've exploited the young men. You've exploited the kids. You've exploited and you made the kids kind of their their self-worth because this is what they put into this game. Their self-worth is based on your stars and how you rank them. And that's where, that's where you've opened the door for a lot of con men to come in and sell a whole lot of dreams to a lot of different families and create a ton of different money grabs that I don't, I, I couldn't even, I, I, it is stuff going on that you would not have foreseen, especially some of the things that I've lived through personally. And if you're a regular listener to the show, I've dived into quite a few of it. All right. 
So the solution, okay, I'm just giving you the solution now, just so I'm clear and I'm on the record saying this, is to stop. The first step one is to stop. If you don't want to see another BS high, if you don't want, if you want to at least cut down and stop this madness when it comes to how we exploit our kids and all the con men and all the bullshit that goes that goes on out there, is we got to stop ranking. You got to stop ranking high school kids. All right, you got to stop ranking them again for putting them on ESPN and all that. But there's no need for you to be ranking them. There's no need for you to be making it a nationally televised event in which they're signing to a college and all that bullshit. There's no need for that, all right? Play the game on ESPN, and that's it. You don't need you don't need anything else. You don't need anything more on, you know, you don't need anything else more when it comes to the high school ranks and all that kind of stuff because this is the kind of stuff that goes on. The fact that BS High was the only reason that they got discovered in terms of what they were doing. The only reason, and this is the sad part about the whole situation, the only reason that that documentary was made and the only reason that they got discovered and came out that they were a fraud is because they played on ESPN against IMG Academy, the number one number one team in the country. They played against them, and they got absolutely exposed. They got actually exposed, and people realized, holy shit, this isn't even a real school. So all the adults that were involved and all the, the people, even including I'm we're gonna put IMG, we're gonna put IMG as one of the, the perpetrators in all this because again, if you're a legitimate school like IMG, you need to be checking rosters, you need to be checking out who you're playing and you know what their situation is and all that, but we won't even get into that for now. And you need to blame ESPN. And obviously, you need to blame the adults that were even involved in something like a Bishop Sycamore, where there was no academic, there was no academic, there was no academic classes at all going on. And the whole thing was just ridiculous that it even happened. All right. Now, again, like I mentioned, the solution, the solution would be to stop the exploitation of high school kids. And then just, just to close you out, here's an example to close you out of what I mean by that and how how it should look, all right, how it should look. I'm, I'm as of this, I'm doing this recording on the, the Saturday in which the 2023 college football season kicked off. And I watched, I watched the entire, like, like any other college football fan, I watched the entire Colorado versus TCU game to see exactly if all this hype that I've been watching about Coach Prime, Tom, Deion Sanders and all that, you know, I wanted to see it like every other college coach, like every other college football fan. And when you watch them play, they won the game 45 to 42. They won the game 45 as a shootout, an absolute shootout. All right. They won the game 45 to 42. And I got to tell you, the reason that Coach Primetime is having success, and I'm not saying that he's going to go win a national championship. I'm just saying that he has had a lot of success so far. As a, as a head coach of a college football program, whether it's Jackson State, then, you know, getting promoted to Colorado, the reason that he's been able to have so much success is because he is willing to be the guy that gets exploited. He is willing to shoulder the load that a lot of these players, right, players shoulder that, that kind of be the face of the program. Like, he's willing to be the face of his program and not allow his players to be exploited. This is why players want to play for him. This is why he's seeing so much success at that collegiate level. And the reason I'm closing you out with this, I'm bringing this up, is because, again, 
if you do want to help the kids, if you do have goals and aspirations of building a legitimate, a legitimate, strong football organization, number one, it can't be about you. It can't be about you. It's got to be about you helping the kids. And for you to help the kids, you got to be the one. You got to be the one to be willing to be willing to be the face of your program, not allow your kids to be exploited. The problem that comes up with a lot of these programs is now you're saying, yeah, 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 I want to help the kids, but you're giving them exposure and you're you're basically moving in a direction in which they're being exploited, exploited by whoever, by willing to by being by being the ones that's oh yeah I'm I'm sending them to this or or using the fact that you help them get a scholarship or help them get to a certain school you you're kind of exploiting them when you when you walk around with that verbiage or you talk like that but if you're the one willing to be the face of the program like coach primetime is to say okay look I'm going to shoulder load I'm going to be the face and I'm not going to let my players get too caught up or too wrapped up in what the media says I'm going to make it so I'm the one that's dealing with the media. My players and my coaches are the ones that are just focusing on playing and coaching. That's the difference. That's the difference in the program and the legitimacy and how legitimate a program actually is. So as you're going out and you're, if you're in a situation and you're looking for a right program, these are the questions that you need to be asking. These are the things that you need to be thinking about. These are the guidelines in which you need to be thinking about what opportunity is legit and what opportunity is not it's on you it's on you all right there's no excuses as players it's on you you're old enough as a player and i get that you have a goal and you have a dream of doing some major things but you're old enough in that this juncture in our world there's enough information out there now to where you got to start to really create a vetting process on what's legitimate and what's not all right and one of the things that and in my personal opinion that needed to get mentioned in this documentary was the fact that these kids knew that they were not going to class they knew that they were not going to school they weren't doing anything academically at that point they needed to be called out at that point something needed to happen to where they said look i'm not going to school there's something illegitimate about this opportunity in fact when i was listening to the the woman christy ferguson who was portrayed as the team mom she was talking about how you know her son her son was only there pretty much for the summer so the you know again the reason that this whole thing got exploited was because of the img game being on espn and it's sad to say it's sad it's really really sad to know that this could have went on completely could have went on it could be going on all now right it could be going on all now had they not gotten on ESPN and got explored, exposed as the way they got exposed. All right. So think about that. And again, make sure, make sure that you're pursuing these opportunities. The vetting process is on about 10. You got to make sure your vetting process is exact. Like a really, really stern and strict vetting process. Okay. Fellow teammates continue to move swiftly. We will talk more soon. Life I've always wanted, I guess I'll never have. I'll be working for somebody else, 
Until I'm in my grave I'll be dreaming of A life of ease and mountains Oh, mountains of thine Have a big expensive car Drag my furs on the ground Have a maid I can tell To bring me anything Everyone will look at me With envy and with greed I'll revel in their attention And mountains, oh mountains, oh thanks Sweet lazy life, champagne and caviar Hope you come and find me Cause you know who we are Those who deserve the best in life Know what our money's worth Those who so misfortune is having mountains Oh, nothing at birth Oh, they tell me Still time to save my soul They tell me We now saw Counts all those material things you gain by Exploiting Dreaming, 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 dreaming
Dreaming, dreaming, dreaming.